folks we're back with another edition of the red white podcast and let's just get it out of the way a big collective gasp that was the past weekend as my buddy adam said at least the years of being a wolfpack fan have prepared me for all of what's happening today and that is the question what happened to your wolfpack been answering it this weekend with friends and miscellaneous people and here we are but let's get out of the way I mean Clemson is really good not 34 points better but I mean they're pretty good Trevor Lawrence was fantastic we wanted to make him beat us we wanted to control ETN and we did and he beat us but I don't think that was, I don't think that defines it all. I mean, watching the game, that opening drive, the opening series was a bad sign. But even at 14 0, State was in it. And the real kick in the balls was 14 0, Kelvin Harmon's drop. Finley hits him on, I don't know, 30, 35 plus yards in stride, right in the hands. A ball he never, ever drops. And he dropped it. I don't know if he would have scored there, but it was going to be a big play regardless. He was going to get closer to scoring. He was going to get close to scoring. And it just kind of set the tone. And in. The body language of the team was bad, and everything was bad. I, I just—I don't think that's indicative of the team. And it was—I don't know. It, I guess it starts with Finley. I think the fire has to be there, and I—you know—Philip Rivers was great, but he endured him, endeared himself to. State fans by being one of the most fierce competitors ever. On the field, and and anything, right? And and I think that your team, that's infectious from your team. And I think that, you know, maybe he got some of that from Chuck, because I think Chuck was probably the same way. And maybe Finley gets a little bit of his his demeanor from from Dorn. Here's an interesting Philip River story. And I can't remember if I've told this before or not. My background was in school, and it was right around the same time as Rivers and some of these other guys. We were playing in the intramural basketball championships. And a bunch of little white dudes that could shoot. And we were fine. We made it to the made it to the championships, and we ended up playing Phillip Rivers and Willie Wright and a couple other guys. Um but all I remember that game is we just got slaughtered. I mean, we lost by probably 40 or 45 points or something like that in a freaking intramural game. I mean, we got demolished. And Phillip Rivers was talking so much shit the whole time. Like, to the point where I was like, I hate this guy. But you, you know, nobody can hate Phillip Rivers. But after the game, man, I was like, oh, my God. He, I mean, he talks that much shit during a intramural game. 
Like, you know he's fired up on a football game. And I think that's – the team doesn't have that right now. They didn't have that Saturday. And it's been six quarters of shitty football. You go back to the BC game, and you, you hope that's an aberration, but they had a bye week, and they come out, and they still play like that? Ah, I'm disappointed. And I think everybody else is disappointed too. What's weird though is like I, I'm happy with the defense. And it's rare that you can give up 41 points and say you're happy with the defense. But I'm happy from this point standpoint. They gave up 91 yards on 32 carries. I mean, that's fantastic. ETN's been just killing everybody. And he, had, he held him to 39 yards. He forced four punts and three field goals. And you get a couple sacks. How much more can you ask of your front seven? I think that's pretty good. Now we can get into the defensive scheme and playing soft and letting, giving them 10 yards here and there on pretty much every pass play. It's the same shit we've seen for the last few years. But to hold them to those sorts of rushing numbers, a team that they've just come out and rushed for like a thousand yards in the last few games. I mean, I'm not super disappointed with the defense. I think they were continually put in bad situations because the offense couldn't move the ball. And that's super frustrating. I thought the offense was pathetic. Just absolutely pathetic. Play calling was bad. Execution was bad. And the storyline going in is that their defense, Clemson's defensive line. Everybody knows. Everybody's heard the lines. Everybody's heard the headlines. Hey, they have a thousand NFL draft picks in the first round on their defensive line. Well, they only got two sacks, and one of those was a bad snap, miscommunication, whatever you want to call it. It wasn't on the offensive line. Finley had time. The game plan was bad, and the execution was bad. There was drops. There was overthrows. Thrown behind guys. There was no sense of urgency. There was no attack mode. I think that's that was really that was really frustrating. All year we've been expecting it, right? At least in our heads, and everybody's been saying, "All right, we haven't revealed anything. We haven't shown any new wrinkles because we're playing JMU and Marshall and these other teams." They're gonna hold it. They're holding out for Clemson. They're holding out for West Virginia. They weren't holding shit out. It looked the exact same. That was frustrating. And coming out of the bye week, Clemson 100% was prepared. They knew exactly what we were gonna do and how to counter it. Drinkwitz got schooled by Venables. Schooled. The play calling was awful. The plan was awful. I don't know how many, like, it's it's almost as if we never expected them to bring a safety blitz. Man, so bad. And that mentality's got to change. I think that's... That's something that it needs to be defined better in the program. 
they need to have that kill mentality on offense. And I think that's something we're really missing. And we've been talking about that for a few few years now. I mean, you can beat people, but you have to go for the kill shots. And we don't we just don't do it. It nearly cost them against BC. It's cost us in other games for sure in previous years. Like, you got things going, don't pull off the throttle and you know, go plain Jane. Like you got to keep scoring. You got especially now when teams can score at will on pretty much anybody. You got to keep doing that. You got to keep scoring. And you have to have that aggressive mentality. And this team just does not have that aggressive mentality to put the, put teams away. That's a change Dorn's got to make. We've always been saying Dorn's been learning on the job. He's got to make that change. That, I mean, that was bad. I, I, I Super frustrated in that standpoint. You have all, you have all kinds of talent. All kinds of talent. And your game plan, your plan of attack is is vanilla. Mediocre. Not aggressive. You got to be aggressive. You're the little guy, man. You got to come out swinging. And they don't, not, I mean, not at all. They just, you can't be, you can't bring that to, to Clemson. Expect to win at Clemson. They're too good for that. Not many teams win on the road as it is, let alone in that environment. You got to bring something different. And I was reading on IPS this weekend, and Charlotte Wolf said it best to me. And he said, "This is what we've we've been saying for." He said. Go win the rest of these games. Let Drink get hired away by a Sun Belt team and go out and hire Graham Harrell from North Texas. Man, that would be fun. We should have hired Seth Luttrell instead of Canada from the start. Yes and yes. Now, Harrell is, if y'all don't remember, Texas Tech QB, a little bit of an air raid. But North Texas, since Luttrell's gotten there, has just been, they've, they've turned around and they've been throttling people and they're super aggressive offensively. I want that mentality. I think you have to have that mentality. We've said it for years. We we're talking about it, the, the Art Bryles situation, right? And you know, could you bring in a Kendall Bryles? Could you bring in somebody like that? And I get the name, whatever. But the point was, you can bring in that mentality, that offensive mentality that you need to score. You need to score to win. You need to outscore the hell out of people. And that's what they need. And I, I mean, I would love to see that. I would love to see that that change, and I don't want to go air raid. I don't. I don't think that's what we need. But imagine what this team, what these skill players, could do in a more aggressive system. And that's man. That's what's. That's what we all want to see. That's what we all expected to see. See this team put up 40, 50 points with this, with, you know, sixth year quarterback and first round wide, first rounder at wide receiver position. And other talented wide receivers at the position, and you know, six, seven tight end that coming out of camp, everybody was raving about. Like, utilize them, be aggressive. That's how you're going to win these games. And I don't think that, I mean, 
I'm not saying that's going to change the outcome of Saturday, but it helps change the mentality. And after they that first drive and they're up 14-0 and Harmon's drop, and you're just like, man, you just see just deflated. That There was none of that, and that was really, really disappointing. That was really frustrating. And I think everybody felt the same way. I, I don't know everybody felt the same way. I mean, my, my mentions and text messages and all this stuff was, you know, around the same same regard. Everybody felt the same way. Which just, they just weren't in it. It was super disappointing. What do you think was different? So, uh, give some questions from the Twitter folks, James, James Allman. What do you think was the difference between 2016-17 close games and 2018? In my honest opinion, I think our defensive running game losses were too impactful. I felt our best teams in 2016-2017. Our best teams were 2016-2017. 2018 is a nice team, but 2017 would beat this team in similar fashion as Clemson. No, I disagree completely. Um, I think we had a little bit more of that killer mentality with J-Sam. And a home run threat, Naheem. But I don't think that team was more talented. And I don't think that team would beat this team. Not in a fashion that Clemson beat them. It's, it's kind of a weird question to think about, but... I don't... I don't know. The difference between the two is, like, I don't think we have that home run threat. But I think it's the, it's the mentality. mentality is this team, even that team probably, needs to change. It needs to be more aggressive. Uh, Wolfblood, why is our fan fan base so freaking bipolar? I mean, that's the nature of fans. That's <laughs> Fan is short for fanatic. You can't expect people to be reasonable. And most people aren't, man. Most people wanted us to go out and be competitive. I don't think that's an unreal, unrealistic expectation. And the emotions get the best of them. You know, it happens. I don't think our fan base is any different than anybody else's. I think all fans are the same way. I will say that I think Clemson fans have devolved faster than any fan base I've ever seen. I mean, they were, they're not that far removed from being a mediocre program before Dabo. But now, man, they are the shit talkingest bunch that I've seen in a long time. Even people we've had on this, this podcast were. Just, there's no, I don't know what it is. Like, you don't remember your humble beginnings. <laughs> and it's crazy. Like, I don't know. I just, I used to go to, we, I've been to several games down there, and the fans are always super hospitable. They were always very nice and, you know, very much similar pro, or similar situation as ours. I mean, very engineering heavy school and, you know, just good Southern folks, and man, that's you win a few games, and man, that changes. And then, to be honest, I can't wait to do. That. I can't wait to be that fan. I can't wait for us to be in that position where you're good, and it doesn't matter. You can just be obnoxious as hell because all the years pent up being beat down. 
I get it, man. But man, <laughs> that that's something that's been on my mind lately, and the comments and uh, you know stuff has just been ridiculous to say the least. Uh, Jody, I wish I knew what happened on Saturday. I sure hope it doesn't happen again. Did the crowd noise get the best of them? Finley didn't connect with a single receiver on a deep ball. If I remember correctly, season is not over though. Got to get up for cues. I don't know what happened Saturday. I don't think it was the crowd noise. I, the moment was bigger than them, I think. I think that's what it comes down to. Which is a weird thing to say. I didn't think that was going to happen to this team. With a six-year quarterback with enough talent across the board that they would come out and be shell-shocked. It's disappointing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I Part of the Finley thing was really weird, too, is that, yeah, the play calling sucked, but he didn't check out of anything. I mean, there was a couple of times where Clemson was showing, hey, we're going to bring the heat, and you're going to run a play right into it. There's a couple run plays when they ran into, um, you know, safeties creeping up to the line and, uh, you know, overloaded one side. I don't know, man. Rivers wouldn't have let that happen. That was a I don't I don't know what it was. I don't know why he didn't check out of some of those play calls. I don't know if that's coaching or if that's that's on him. I'm not sure what it is. Season's not over though, as you said. Yeah, uh, Matt, last name Breezy. Disappointing result. Felt like Clemson spent the bye week scheming everything State likes to do. And what did State do? I never expected them to win, but I don't think being upset they weren't competitive is unwarranted. Absolutely not. I think you're exactly right. I'm very upset they weren't competitive. That's the most upsetting part. They came out and looked unprepared and got their teeth kicked in. And exactly that. I said that too. And it looks like Clemson spent a week studying State. And State said, hey, we're going to keep doing what we do. And I know that's not how, I know that's not what happened, but that's what it looked like. And that's what the frustrating part is. We're we're disappointed. I think that's okay to be to be to feel like that. I mean, that's a natural reaction. Uh, David Stanford, looking back, yeah, okay, we weren't going to win that game, but to come out of it and just look like so inept was weird. With all the talk early in the week, these guys are not chumps, but looked looked that way on national TV. Clemson's a great team, but the pack could have made it look way better, and that's exactly it. It's the same. I mean, you guys are all saying the same thing. Just disappointed that you looked bad and non-competitive. Chance to be... Open some eyes. And, again, you're just going to roll over and play dead. And I think that's on the coach. I think the coach has really, really let me down on that game. Uh, William Dietrich. It was ugly, but the result was not overly shocking. Not impressed with the pack, especially coming out of the bye. Clemson is very good. Must be nice to have two deep of nothing but power five level starters. I think the biggest test of the season come next week in terms of how the pack responds. Yeah. I think the number was Clemson played 84 players in that game. That was the stat. 
which basically everybody. And you look at the team like Alabama, and they played 48. And so they're pulling off the throttle. They're, Dabo's putting his backups in, getting them reps, and they're still kicking ass. I mean, that's not that's not good. I did watch that game, and I was sitting there thinking, man, we missed on some of these guys, and they're beating us right now. John, DeAndre Overton, Tremaine, uh, Travion Thompson, uh, even Christian Wilkins and Harrison Muse. I mean, these guys are state was on and you know, with them to the end, seemingly. But they picked Clemson. And <laughs> watching them beat us, I was like, man, that hurts. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, next... We'll get to the next game in a minute. Cam Buchanan, thoughts on why we haven't been or appeared so unprepared the last two years after a bye week. Nationally relevant game. Looked like our best players didn't even show up after a bye week to get ready. It's very similar to me as the third quarter thing. I don't know what it is. Halftime, third quarter. I'm not sure why they look like that. Why there was no sense of urgency. But, I mean, I'm going to give Doran the benefit of the doubt that it's not how he coached him. That's just what came out. But that's got to change. He's got to continue evolving, continue learning. Uh, I don't know. Ben Lale. I understand it takes a while to build a program. We're starting to win the games we should, but how long till we have to wait for a team to compete for an ACC championship? Well, I mean, we were competing for an ACC championship in theory. I mean, that was the de facto championship game. The Coastal's garbage. Everybody knows that. They weren't competitive, but I think that's what the, that's what that game was. I mean, that game was exactly that, and that Clemson played like it, and we didn't. Dr. Biscuit fan. Thought the defense looked fine. Strategy was to stop ETN and make Lawrence beat us. They stopped ETN. The problem was Lawrence is legit and burned us for a career day, 308 yards. He also said, more upset and surprised how anemic our offensive looked. Obviously unable to score points, but had difficulty even moving the ball. Do you think it's an X's and O's problem or are Clemson athletes that much stronger, faster, better? Our guys. No, you know, I already talked about it. It's 100% schematic and motivational. Lawrence is legit. I even thought he was a little faster than most people expected. At least than I expected. But he did not miss a pass. We didn't pressure him much, which was disappointing. Clemson's got a good O-line. We, I said that last week. But, I mean, he just sat back there and ate it up. That's That and the offensive performance is X's and O's. I think that's 100% schematic. It just looks like they didn't come out and... Try anything different, you know, throw a new wrinkle in there. I think that was really, really upsetting, really frustrating. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Syracuse is favored. It's coming up week. Um, I might record another one later in the week if, if I get the motivation. Got a little deflated after this one, but uh, we got a rebound. I mean, I, I think I don't know what to expect. Syracuse favored by one. I think we're the better team. They just played an overtime game. Carolina scored 37 on them. Is this team going to come out and play focused? 
Or are we going to get the second half of the BC game? Or are we going to get the Clemson game? Let's get first half of the BC game. That's what I want to see. That's what everybody wants to see. Put four quarters like that together. I think we're the better team. I'm confident in it, but Q's play is aggressive. And they have that, you know, Dino, Dino Babers is the Art Briles disciple. He's got that mentality. That, hey, we're just going to try to keep scoring because we know everybody can score. And you've got to stay on attack, and he's got that. And we don't. We haven't had that yet. So I think we're the better team. Am I confident? No. I don't know what's going to happen. They're going to go up there and probably try to establish the run. Which, I mean, I guess. But he's the guys you got, man. Start being aggressive. Let's score. Let's score a lot. Let's make it fun. That's what I want to see. I asked a question last week. If State finishes 9-3, and three, how would you feel? Would you be disappointed? 9-3 is a hell of a season. And I got a lot of mixed reactions. I mean, understandably so. Because given 9-3 and three would mean you would lose to... Okay, Clemson we lost to. So you're losing two of the next... Five games, is that right? My math correctly? And those are Louisville, Syracuse, Wake Forest, ECU, Carolina, Florida State. Now, going by name alone, you'd be like, oh, you know, that's tough. But those teams are not very good this year. Florida State's getting better. They're evolving. They're moving forward, which... You know, starting to pay attention. That game's at 3.30, by the way. If anybody hasn't seen that announcement, just came across came across the Twitters. Um, but, yeah, you have to lose two more of those games. You're going to lose two more of those games. I think you can't be disappointed with 9-3. and three. Because hell, that's back-to-back years of nine and three, te- nine and three, and then in the end, that's what people are going to look at. But man, it would feel a little disappointing given where they are right now, right? I mean, I think that what people would feel that way. That I think eleven and one is is real. I think it's out there. I think you're. You're still playing for a big-time bowl game because all these teams are beatable. We're beatable too, though. I mean, it's not like we're going to go out there and any of these games are guaranteed. But I think going into the last six games, we're a better team than most of them. But they haven't shown that consistency. They haven't, and I think that's the concern. I think a lot of I'll read some of the reactions, but I think everybody kind of feels the same way. Proud of what we know now. I'd be happy with nine wins. Now, this is before the Clemson game, granted. Uh, losing more than two of these games is going to leave our sour taste in the fans' mouth. I mean, yes, I think that's going to be short-term. I think even if you lose a few of these games, you know, you might be a little pissed in December, January. But 
come June, you're going to look back like, hey, 9-3. and three, And you're going to start getting amped for the next year. <laughs> I went to school during the Tom Reed era. We had three seasons of 3-8. Three 9-3 and three sounds pretty good to me. And I think that's, you know, that's the right mentality. People remember how far, how bad this team was for, or this program was for a long, long time. It wasn't until Chuck, until we started taking things seriously. Nine three wouldn't disappoint me, but I hope he can break through this year. GT stuff, st st guff. Sorry, I read that wrong. Seeing how West Virginia isn't on the list anymore, nine three would be disappointed with who we have left. Nine and three would be on par with what I thought preseason, considering ECU replacing West Virginia. It'd be incredibly disappointing from where we are right now, but it'd still be progressing the program forward. Haven't had back to nine win seasons in like the top 25 seasons since Sheridan. Yeah. No one wants to lose, especially the UNC, but nine and three is a great season for us in almost any year. Ten wins in a regular season, I'd be ecstatic. I will not be satisfied until we beat Clemson for the win the AC championship. Become a serious playoff contender. Sorry, buddy. We've got a little ways. Anything short of that disqualifies us from being an elite program. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're trying to be an elite program. I think Matt Zemick's article I tweeted out earlier this weekend basically said, you need to get to Wisconsin, Oklahoma State, Washington, Oregon level. Right? They're not elite programs. They're really good programs. We're not there yet. We got that's that's where you got to get to. Mm-hmm. So let's I think I'll hit the brakes on the eliteness. That would be an improvement over the last year, so I'd be thrilled given how much talent we lost. A defense running game, I think, being able to improve on last year would be huge. Yeah, I agree. I think that's you got to factor that in too. You lost a ton of talent, you still go back to back. I think that shows progress. You know, Doran's got to win some big games. I think that's the common thread. Everybody's kind of talking about it. You got to beat some of these good teams, and they hadn't done it yet. I don't think they're not. I I think he's going to do it. I don't know that he's not going to do it, but or that he can't do it, but he hadn't done it yet. And I think that's that's a bit of the frustrating part. I will take an. I will have. Uh, I will say one last thing before I get out of here. That Dustin tweeted out a picture this weekend that Clemson does pass outs, and I forgot it was exact. His exact reasoning was, but or what his exact quote was, but he said his his picture was basically pass outs aren't the problem for a third quarter attendance. Like it's it's a different atmosphere down there. It's a different mentality and that's what he was getting at and it is like football is it down there football is the reason they go to the game they like to drink and tailgate but they're going for the game and it's still tailgating and drinking is still the bigger priority for a lot of people and that's the pass out issue that's not it's not that it's not pass outs themselves. It's just that's a symptom of the situation where people want to tailgate more. They want to 
use it as an excuse to, to go out and drink and party and whatever. And that's fine. You, you really fix that by winning. You win and you make games more fun, more aggressive, and, and people will start coming back in. And people won't leave as long. I think that's part of it too. It, you know, we're not that far removed from Chuck's, you know, making football important here. I mean, I think a lot of people feel state's a basketball school of heart. I don't think that mentality is impossible to change. It's just going to take a little while. And we're getting there. I think football is becoming more important. But it's a process. Trust the process, as Joel Embiid says. Trust the process. All right, that's all I got. Don't back off from the ledge. It's not that dire. It's not a perfect situation. We've still got a lot of football left. There's a lot of lot to play for. Let's hope that everybody learns from the situation and, and get moves forward. It gets better. Let's hope they go to Cuse and kick the snot out of them. I think they can. And yeah, that's all I got. Hang in there. Go pack.